that is a delicious combination of platforming and combat where yeah moon moon jello bean poopy soul is just like oh can't hit it run for your life for 18 hours until you can hit it again hello and welcome back to the mo video games podcast and boy is this gonna be a controversial podcast because we are going to be taking Microsoft, we're going to be taking Best Buy, we're going to be taking some other people, we're going to be slapping them left, right, right, left, up, down, hot, cold, yes, no, you got it, we slapping them because it's a special late night edition of the podcast and we're here for all the controversial takes, not to mention picking our favorite video game soundtracks in this week's Head to Head, which I'm sure will cause even more controversy when you hear who the actual winner is. Can I speak? Sometimes, sometimes I can't. But you are here to listen to us both speak about some games. So sit back, relax. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Boom. Always got to hit him with a boom. Always got to hit him with a boom. Probably try to find a new word, but that's okay. Uh, well, I was going to say move for boom backwards, and I realized that it has a totally different meaning, so I regret, <laughs> regret my decision entirely. Um, let us know in the comments down below what word you would replace boom with. I think we hit you guys with a kablamo once. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a decent one. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be synonymous with boom, I should preface. Yeah, I mean, we could just hit you guys with the fried cheese if that's what you want. But <laughs> I hope that's not what you want, but we could. Oliver is correct. And welcome back to the Mo Video Games Fried Cheese Podcast. Uh, disgusting. Disgusting. It is a special limited edition late night episode. Sponsored We're both by... going to bed after this. Exactly. <laughs> because it is sponsored by alcohol. Maxwell, <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm drinking some Mo Show, aka Monkey Shoulder. People who don't talk to us on a regular basis. Blended malt Scotch whiskey, rooted in malt whiskey history and inspired by the malt men who still turn the malting barley by hand. Monkey Shoulder is blended in small batches of Speyside's finest single malt whiskeys, then married to achieve a smoother richer taste show them the show them the badass little monkeys i think that's a oh, real yeah, unnecessary yeah. touch on the bottle but it, it's pretty cool yeah it is pretty dope if you haven't tried a scotch and are interested i would say Mosho would be a good place to start out your little sco journey it's pretty pretty cheap in terms of scotches like decent scotches what like yeah. 30 to 40 a bottle i'd say depending on your locale um not very smoky. I'd say it's almost got a little bit more of a musty flavor, even though that sounds gross, but <laughs> it tastes good. So, but it's definitely, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't have like uh peat to it, like an Isla scotch. If you're going to spend more, yeah. I would just recommend like any single Ardbeg or Lefroig, um for, Le- for a good yeah. peaty boy. But Lefroig would be my, my intro. I think, I think Lefroig is a little bit smoother than Ardbeg, but yeah, Lefroig, Lefroig's much easier to drink um like uh well it was at lefroig 12 or i think it was 16 that i picked up when we were driving mustangs together um and that was that was like no, that was log of Ulan. or sorry yeah that was yeah log 16 yeah oh well log would probably be good too i think uh yeah maybe hold off on the art and go for lefroig or log 
Yeah. But the Lagavulin Lag- 16 was, that was fucking smooth. I mean, Maxwell and I were blown away. Um, Maxwell's wife, Clarissa, tried it out, who does not like hard liquors, and even she was impressed with it. So, exactly. That's a sample size of three. <laughs> and so that is confident. statistically significant because three is a crowd. And- <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason in the stats book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. What are you, what are you drinking on this nice warm summer's eve? I fall? figured I would. Well, it's fucking freezing here. I don't know what the temperature is for you, but um, it's it's chilly. GG, as we like to call it. It's gotten very GG. I'm drinking uh the Shoots Brewery Obsidian Stout. I Ooh. picked it up because uh, if I stayed at the uh, university I started out at, I would have been spending my last two years in Bend, Oregon, so I have a little soft place for the Shits Brewery in my heart. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't call it the Shits if I... (laughs) Yeah, I figured I'm going to try to drink more uh, seasonally appropriate beers, or at least try to start doing it. So now that it's cold, I'm going to be drinking the Stouts, the Porters, the the darker ales. Yeah, maybe an amber amber ale thrown in there. Oh, yeah. A a Bach, maybe. That sounds like it would be appropriate. I think a Bach is a beer. A Wit? Perhaps. We know we know things on the Mo Video Games it's podcast. It's gonna be a dumb podcast. Our our so, late our late limited edition podcasts usually are the dumbest. So <laughs> if if you don't like the stupidity <laughs> that the Mo Video Games broadcast brings, now is the time to get out. I just want to make that very clear. <laughs> Show up next week when we record on Sunday. Yeah, I'm probably. Available. Yeah, I should be. We'll find out. We'll see. Um, Maxwell, you want to hit him with a framework since we've been doing that lately? Yeah, framework time. Roadmap, if you will. Roadmap. Skirt. Um, <laughs> it, uh, as we've been doing, we will be starting off with the games we have been playing recently. Recently being the last previous week from the last podcast episode. And then we will be diving straight in to the top 16 soundtrack matchups. Ka-chow, ka-ching. Maybe those sounds will replace Boom. It could be pretty great. <laughs> I liked how it rolled off the tongue. Um, and then we will finish up with tech news. And here's the teaser for today. Microsoft sucks. is dying today. <laughs> they will not survive this podcast. Uh, and Best Buy. Well, Best Buy, I'm interested to see you talk about Best Buy. Yeah, uh, my, my Best Buy opinion bounced around over the course of about five minutes today. Um, and I'll explain why. I appreciated why. the texts. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah my, my final opinion is neutral to slightly salty. Um, but I'll just leave it at that. You'll have to stick around if you want to hear or skip ahead. Whatever, whatever is yeah. your prerogative. But uh, unless you're watching right now, because then you uh, can't skip <laughs> yeah. ahead because we haven't even said the words yet. But if you're listening on the thing, then the words have been said. You just got to find them. And if you're watching live and you have the ability to bend time, teach me. Yeah, let us know what we're gonna say, so I don't have to think so hard. <laughs> I know it's honestly it, it's it's hard to be us. Honestly, I saw <sighs> every day when I wake up. But, Maxwell, what have you been playing? Hit what have I it. been playing? That's a good question. And I have two answers. Perfect. First answer, if you've been listening lately, you know it's Hollow Knight. And second answer, if you've been listening lately, you know that Forza Horizon 5 came out. And I've been playing that. 
I'm I want to s- hear about Forza. All right, we'll we'll start if with Forza. If I can ask, if I can ask. Oh, you can. <laughs> Forza Horizon Five. the The headline is, "It may have finally killed my desire to ever pre-order a game." Okay, I I. You just go. I have questions, but you'll answer them. You'll answer them passively. You ask the questions, you know? Let's get some let's get some participation. Is the is the pre-order because of the gameplay or is it because of the pre-order experience? You Ooh, know what I'm saying? Because there's yeah. two different there's two different things. Like the the mechans of the order, like with PlayStation's uh PS4 versus PS5 versioning <laughs> sucks ass. Um but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily say the gameplay's bad. Yeah, good distinction. Um yeah, good reminder that Sony's pre-ordering experience thus far has been <laughs> shit. Um, but the Xbox pre-ordering slash it was I pre-ordered it through the Microsoft Store. It is available on Steam if you would prefer to do that if you're on PC. And then obviously if you're on Xbox, you know what you got to do. Um, <laughs> but the actual experience was pretty easy and seamless. The game is broken. Oh. That's the issue. I'm hurt. I'm hurt too. So we've talked a lot on here and we've shat on pre-ordering quite a bit on this podcast um, because of things like cyberpunk. We've talked about No Man's Sky. uh, And now most recently, the Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition had an absolutely atrocious launch and are piles of hot garbage. Um, So... Pre-ordering, we talk a lot about, and I was like, yeah, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm stupid and like don't do what I do. And now I'm finally maybe going to take my own advice. So the the reason I've done it is because I've been very selective about the games I pre-order and do it from known entities and known developers with a good track record. And so typically that's mostly PlayStation Studios. And in my recent memory, PlayStation Studios they choose to delay games rather than release broken products. And that has paid off very well. God of War <clears> was delayed heavily. Last of Us Part Two was delayed heavily. For Horizon Forbidden West was delayed heavily. Grand Theft, or not Grand Theft Auto, Grand Turismo 7 <laughs> delayed. Um, so PlayStation Studios definitely is aware that their brand image is quality polished single player driven games. And so they will delay it to make sure that brand image is not hurt. And so that's why I've always, and that's typically the games I pre-order. So that's why I've always felt comfortable. But Forza Horizon, developed by Playground Games with support from Turn 10 Studios, has also provided good. I played Forza Horizon 3 and Forza Horizon 4 at launch and had great experiences with both. So based on track records and selectively choosing my games, I felt comfortable pre-ordering Forza Horizon 5. And here is why I should not have. The the gameplay itself, if you play offline, is mostly good. Um, I've talked about the graphical issues on this before, on PC specifically. Those issues are still present, but there's an update. The texture issues I was talking about with the level of detail, where basically like 20 yards from your car, it looked like... uh, Morrowind. Morrowinds is yeah, what you was, said. Was yeah, which quote. was savage, by the way. I don't know if you came up with that, but that I did that's not a shotgun come up with to that. the skull. Okay. I was it was like, a comment I saw that I loved <laughs> <laughs> and was accurate, uh, I might might add. But apparently that is only applicable to ultra level textures on the PC. If you drop it down to high or 
put it up to extreme, that issue goes away. And can confirm that went away. I've been playing on extreme um, as a result because I like the visual quality. And my GPU, a GTX 1080, ain't handling it super hot um, at 1440p. It uh, just, we, I think we may have touched on this too, but Forza Horizon 4, I could play at 4K 60 frames per second on Ultra with my GTX 1080. Forza Horizon 5, at 1440p uh, Ultra, I was getting like 50 frames per second, maybe? So like half of the pixels on screen, and I'm getting worse uh, performance, essentially. Yeah. And that's largely because they have upgraded the graphics. They've done a huge overhaul. It is a next-gen title. So that I'm not upset about. But the texture issue was really weird. Now that I've bumped it up to extreme, it looks good. But there's also some other performance issues that people have been seeing. My, I constantly get low video memory uh, warnings. But my GTX 1080, I believe, has 8 gigabytes of VRAM. Um, I'm playing a 1440p, so it's not like I'm like loading a bunch of 4K textures. And it seems to be a known issue on their known issue list uh, that the, the VRAM buffer gets overflown all the time. Um, and it's causing some performance degradation and some other things. So there's some performance issues right off the bat that I did not experience with the previous games. Um, but the biggest issue is online. It is touted. It is on Xbox Game Pass. So it was available at launch. 4.5 million people were playing. It was the largest launch in Xbox Game Studios history for a game. And it is touted as online. Online features. You do arcade together. You do races together. You can play in the open world together. You can do all these crazy things together. Except online is literally broken. And they said they were going to have a hot fix out the first week. And that got delayed because it was causing other issues in the game. So there's still not a hot fix available. And they have something called the festival playlist. So they do every week, there's new content and new objectives to play. Uh, and like half of the objectives are tied to online content and you cannot play most of them. Um, and so that is why it is fundamentally broken. When you play offline, that's why I caveated. So if you get rid of the graphical issues, some of the performance issues, the core gameplay itself, like what makes Forza fun is still fantastic. They they didn't mess that up. If anything, they improved it. The visuals do look great, but the performance issues right off the bat and the fact that online is broken um, is not, not a great look. And there's a lot of glitches that are ruining the in-game economy. So the economy for games where you can like sell assets to other players and do things like that, the economy of a game becomes an important aspect for a lot of people. But there are a lot of exploits to get free or effectively free without doing much credits and experience in cars, which kind of Fs with the, the in-game economy and that kind of stuff. But I do want to say that they are doing some cool things. I believe these are all fixable. So I don't think Forza Horizon 5 is going to stay a broken game that's frustrating, but th it's my argument against pre-ordering. I, I do want to make that clear, because like I said, the core gameplay in single player, minus the graphical performance issues, that will be fixed, I'm sure. Um, when they will be fixed, I don't know, but it's great. But what they will be doing is they're going to add a picture-in-picture -picture mode with a sign language interpreter. So... People oh, that's who, cool. Yeah, people who have trouble hearing. There, there's always been subtitle issues, but a lot of people complain still that the subtitles can be hard to read. Um, but a lot of people with hearing issues um, are obviously able to 
use sign language. And so they'll be adding a picture in picture sign language person for all the in-game audio, which is pretty cool. I think that's a, another win for accessibility that we talk about on here. Um, I did play a game of the Eliminator, which is the Battle Royale version um, in Forza Horizon, which basically it, it's like up to 60 players in cars driving around. And the way you eliminate people is you challenge them to a head to head race. And so you race to a location. The last person there gets eliminated. And then once it gets down and the, the arena keeps shrinking. And then once there's like 12 people left, there's like one final destination. You all race there and the first person wins the eliminator. I played one game of the eliminator and I won one Hell game yeah. of the eliminator. Um, but <laughs> the online, so why it's broken, it disconnects you all the time. And be, because the it seems to be a pretty common frequency of when it disconnects you, but because it's different for every person, if you try to do things with other people, other people will get disconnected randomly. So you can't race with people online. You can't complete the Horizon Arcade events uh, successfully online. But the Eliminator, I was playing offline. When I started the Eliminator, it brought me online. And I won the game, and about five seconds later, it said, boop, error, you've been disconnected. But it was right after I won the game. Nice. So everything was fine. But that's 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 kind of the broken stuff. So that that's my argument against pre-ordering. Just not it's not a good look. And we'll we'll shit on Microsoft more later. Um but it seems like the fact that Microsoft is still playing catch up, even though it does seem on the horizon they do have a lot of exciting like first party games that will be coming out that the reason they're not delaying or they didn't delay Forza Horizon 5 a little bit more to probably test it to the point that they should have was because they already delayed Halo Infinite their launch title that where they then didn't have a launch title um a year into December <laughs> and so they're like we just need to probably freaking release games i don't know if that's what they did that's conjecture it seems like that's what they did because this game is surprisingly, it is one of the most broken games I have played at launch, um, especially for core features like online. That is yeah. key in what the game is marketed on. Um, so hopefully we'll be fixed soon. It's, I think Forest Horizon 5, if you give it a month, I feel confident most of the big issues will be fixed. Um, but yeah, it really, really made me think long and hard about pre-ordering. Um, we will see. I've already pre-ordered Horizon Forbidden West and Gran Turismo 7. So if those pre-ordering experiences go well, I might exclusively pre-order PlayStation Studios games and not pre-order Xbox games. Um, but yeah, that was my biggest, my biggest thing. I did have a really exciting thing in game where I was driving on a track. They made some improvements to the physics and the simulation in the game. And it's noticeable. I was literally, I was driving around a corner and it's the wet season right now. So there was this big puddle that, I don't know, I've driven over puddles in the game before. But as I was turning the corner, I actually hydroplaned on the the water mm. and it like slid me out where I wasn't expecting it. And I think I verbally went, oh, like in an excited way where it was just like unexpected, but it was like really Ooh. cool. Like you would expect that to actually happen, but I don't remember that happening in previous games. Um so that was exciting. There, there are some improvements in the game. Um, so I'll leave it on that. I'm positive. Overall, I have beaten the campaign. I want to say that. I have fully beaten it. I played a lot of Forza Horizon this past week. I'm shocked. Um, but even beating the campaign, which technically is why I'm considering entering the Hall of Fame, which you'll understand if you play the game. 
um there i've probably touched maybe 10 to 15 percent of the total content in the game so there there is a lot left to do um and and things i'm so excited to go back and play and like i said every week there's new content and objectives and things to unlock and do so it will always be a fun game to go back into um but just so you know, I'm not like just basing this off of like a small amount of playtime. I've probably put 10, 12 hours in this past week. So, yeah, per usual for Forza on the insane quantity of playtime. Yeah, so. I think Forza Horizon 4, I was at like three or four hundred hours of game time, which <clears throat> for, for me is definitely is by far significantly my most played game. Yeah. So. Was the. uh battle royale that was introduced in the pirate island candy cave island or was that before it was sometime around that it was definitely like a year to maybe two years after the launch of forza horizon 4 when they brought that in and so they they added a lot of content and game modes throughout forza horizon 4 and then now in forza horizon 5 that's all there plus they've added some cool stuff like something called event lab they kind of started introducing it where you can make custom events with like in-game assets where you could put ramps and other things but they like turned it up to 11 um, in this. So I'm excited to do those things when they work. Um, I think for the most part, Events Lab stuff you can do on your own, but it's much better when it's online with other people. So I am, I am excited for what the game can be and what I think it will be. Um, but yeah, Eliminator is a lot of fun, I do have to say. It is definitely one of my favorite game modes. Um, but I absolutely if I re- dominated. If I recall correctly, you won your first Eliminator on 4 as well. I did. So yeah. I, Some of that is probably because at least in 4 this wasn't true, but in 5 I was a low level. And since I had played it before, how they do their matchmaking, it might have just put me not necessarily with other good people. Um, and so that might be why I won so easily right away until it like figures just out like, where to place me. You're just goaded. It's okay, bro. I'm just the best. Um, I'm the be- <laughs> but I, I drove around for a long time just trying to avoid people to survive. Um, and then, so they have different levels of cars. So, like, if you beat someone, you can either take their car or level up your current car. And so it goes from level one is where you start to level 10 being the best. I was in, like, a level four at the time. And this level 10 found me, challenged me. I could, I could tell he was cocky. It, we're, we're not even talking to each other. I could tell. And he takes off. He zooms. The way he revved his engine. The way he revved his engine. And he takes off and uh, he runs into a tree. (laughs) And I win. He totally would have won had he not hit the tree. Um, His car was light years faster than mine. But I won. And then I took his level 10 car. Um, And so that, I think, also contributed to me winning. But, you know, it's not always the size. It's how you use it. Wasn't expecting the podcast to get to that point, but that's. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's Forza Horizon Five. That was a lot of talk about it. Hollow Knight. I've been playing some more. Um, just still continuing to go. I'm loving it. Still, it's getting more frustrating as things are getting harder. <laughs> um, but it is. It's still fun. I finally beat Hornet the second time. Um, so nice. I got like I have got the the shade cloak. I've got the shade. The shooty boy, the shade, um, the shade cloak being like the shade dash. So I've got, I think, most of the shade things, um, all that fun stuff. Um, I've pretty much fully explored everything with the exception of the Queen's Garden. There's a boss that I cannot beat. Um, I've tried so Which many one? things. 
uh it's the the cursed trader or the the trader lord trader lord there we go yeah that's um, the big mantis right yeah it's like a softer green lantis but yeah that was a good fight uh that, that one is a i definitely i definitely got bonked <laughs> by that guy i'm getting bonked a lot <clears throat> the trader lord and then i mean people make fun of the last boss for being too easy a lot but i struggled at the last boss too so but i think after the trader lord i don't think you're gonna be too sol that's kind of what i'm thinking i i was kind of just trying to clear as many other areas before i fully explore deep nest (laughs) which to me appears to be the last area um and so i think i've fully explored as far as i can tell most of the other areas um but Trader Lord was just, man, giving me an absolute hard time. I even looked up and found out that you can, spoiler alert, if you, if you care, but um, that I could recruit Cloth. Um, I, I never yeah. actually ran into Cloth when I was down in the Abyss, or not the Abyss, the Ancient Basin, um, but figured out how to do it. So got Cloth. So Cloth is helping me. I'm like in as many upgrades. I'm like trying different builds, all that kind of stuff. And for some reason, the Trader Lord is absolutely fucking my shit up. And part of the problem is that trader lord does two damage and so that that hurts um, yeah you just have to it's it's a pretty simple move set but if you fuck up once it hurts real bad so real bad. uh and if i recall correctly he doesn't give that large of windows to heal so you got to kind of be cheeky on when you're gonna if you are gonna heal you got to be cheeky when you do it so yeah I'm, t- I'm trying not to i'm trying not to heal i'm trying to, to be the like focusing on getting good getting good yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but deepness is fucking creepy i gotta say that i have to say that the worlds in hollowness like that each of the different areas are sufficiently diverse with the enemy types and i love that the queen's garden feels like green path but harder um with like harder enemy types and and more, prettier and prettier and <laughs> harder environmental hazards and all that kind of stuff the second so there's three watchers well not three watchers there's the watcher the teacher and the i don't know what the third one is the dumbass. The dumbass. The the first one, you had to defeat the Watcher Knights. That was very hard. I don't know if that's actually the first one you're supposed to do. It's the first one I did. That was very that's hard. That's the first one I did as well. The second one, the teacher, the, the boss before that was probably the easiest boss I fought in the entire game. It was like a big old jellyfish. Um, that oh, was, you're talking about the... Um, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. That boss... That boss sucks ass. My boss is so frustrating. Really? Uh, from from speed running. Oh, it is okay. so fucking annoying because there's like I just wasn't good enough to get like max damage combos. So it's easy to survive, like because it, it's very much so just a platforming boss at the end mm-hmm. of the day, right? Like the combat's not the important part. It's just and not even hard platforming. Um, That's, yeah. But holy shit, yeah, no, it's like. The if you can't max damage output, you could take it because I'm pretty sure speedrunners can do it. I think in two phases. Um, wow. I mean, it I, it would be like if you fuck up damage, you could have it be a six phase fight pretty easily if you don't know how to d- max damage output. I think that was probably about how many phases mine was because I was focused more on not dying. But yeah. So now that 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 fight is more frustrating than I I don't mind platforming fights, but I think that that was a. Uh, definitely a worse integration of there's some later bosses like radiance i know i've talked about radiance before so this isn't spoils but radiance is like to me that is probably one of the best like they combines platforming elements 
with combat elements and a boss and like almost any game I've played like that that is a delicious combination of platforming and combat where yeah moon moon jello bean poopy soul is just like oh can't hit it run for your life for 18 hours until you can hit it again <laughs> i know and it's it's not hard platforming either and like it's literally there's just platforms he moves so slow and so you're just like jumping around to avoid him and then there's like some electric shocks that like are super telegraphed that you're like okay i just won't be here right now like it's I, I couldn't believe I was like, oh man, this is I was like prepping so hard for this. And I finally enter and I'm like so nervous. I'm like, I'm obviously gonna die right away. I mean, like it was just it was a piece of cake. It's a cakewalk. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see we'll see what the third boss does. Deep Nest is creepy. I'm less creeped out now. I've spent a little bit more time in it. But um it's a it's a good good final area if it is like more or less kind of the final area, but it is, I mean, once you get to three dreams, you can beat the game, so. Okay, I did uh, beat the Mantis Lords, too. That was something. Nice. And I am yeah. apparently too high-leveled for them, because it was like, a, it was a walk in the park this time. <laughs> I was going to say, time. yeah, if you want to fight the Mantis Lords, I think no nail upgrade is pretty hard. One nail upgrade feels like pretty, pretty reasonable for uh, what I would expect after fighting all the bosses in terms of difficulty. What, what, no nail upgrade, especially you will only have Vengeful Spirit at that point. It's like if you're not using Vengeful Spirit, that literally doubles the amount of hits that you have to do on them. So it's like, yep, this is going to take me 20 hours to beat one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I mean, and it also like once you get double jump and dash and all those kind oh, of that things. Oh, that makes that, I'm sure that makes the fight easy. so easy. Yeah. Yeah, because if you have to actually time your single jump to like dodge, especially once the two are going, that definitely makes it, it a lot harder too. Yeah. yeah, but it's exciting. It's exhilarating. If you get it, if you get to do it again, gotta go for it, bro. And it is my as I mentioned when I talked about the the soundtrack, Mantis Lord's music is that my one favorite goes song. Hard. Yeah, yeah. So I still stand by also, that to this point. Also, my headphones are gonna disconnect for a second, so I'll uh, I'll burp if I can plug it in. Oh. Oh, oh! Hello. Recharge headset. Recharge. He Lost connection. I. Wait, can you say something? Hello. Okay, we're good. <laughs> okay, so Maxwell Ooh. and I use the same headphones, and when you lose connection with any device on this bad boy, this motherfucker. Like the thing that'll let you know the status will not shut up that you lost connection. <laughs> so it's like I'll walk to like the bathroom at work. Um, and depending on where I'm at, sometimes I'll lose connection. And so the entire time I'm going to the bathroom, I am just getting screamed at that I lost connection and I cannot get it to stop unless I turn off the headphones. At least I don't know how to. Maybe you know a workaround, but it's like, yes, from the last uh, one quatillion times that you told me I lost connection, I feel pretty good. <laughs> Well, that's connection. So there's got to be something where there's like just a little bit of connection left in the air. That's that what like I'm wondering. Keeps trying, and it like it's like failing like a checksum or some shit. Like every time, it's like ah shit, we're so close. Yeah, she's quite. like sniffing the Bluetooth, and she like gets a little whiff, and she's <laughs> yeah. like, lost oh. connection, lost. Con it's so annoying. Yeah, it's I love these headphones, but it was a simpler life when I was using hardwired because I literally never had to listen to this woman talk. Um. And also that this has its own independent volume control. 
Yeah. So if you're not paying attention and you jack up the volume, she screams at you. I mean, <laughs> it is so loud. Like if you if you ended up having your computer really low and then bump it up via this, it it hurts. Like she will be just screaming at you nonstop. Your ears are bleeding. Children are sobbing. It. Okay. Yeah. You get the point. <laughs> um but yeah so that, that's all i really have about hollow knight at this point um i i i've pretty much done what i can better than ori better than ori <laughs> aside from the first quarter of the game yes yeah by far by think... far better than ori but i think ori as an entire package for me is going to be better because it is, i don't it's a, it falling yeah yeah it's a it's a really cohesive package for me but i it's will a noob game confirm the the boss fights are really fun in hollow knight like as frustrating as they are they are exciting the music is fantastic dung defender is my favorite character in the game I will he's so that. chad he's amazing i mean even he, he you could not have a boss fight and you'd probably be a contender for top i mean he's the fucking dung defender like wow well, what, what, who defends poop other than a big old badass <laughs> he defends poop with poop <laughs> yeah you won't hit this, but I'll hit you with it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So Hollow Knight is is still fantastic. I'm still loving it. Glad I'm playing it. Um, it's getting harder. It's getting more frustrating. So I'm I'm taking a little bit more frequent breaks than I was before. I had a really good stride where I was just like making a lot of progress. But I I was going back to areas and trying to fight like the harder like second versions of bosses. So now I'm like, all right, let's continue down the the regular track again. Yeah. Um, and go so the hollow knight definitely gives you the 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 thing that i try to explain when people are like why do you play dark souls games and it's like that high that adrenaline rush when you beat a boss especially if you've been struggling with them and your heart is just fucking racing and they die that's what you want right there that's when you're like oh this is this is the drug i came for it Um, is really good especially because most of the time when i beat a hard boss i have a single mask left yeah. And it's like and the, it, the screen is kind of going like dark, like, oh, you're about to die. You're about to die. And you're like, <laughs> like, should I should I try and heal or do I think I only have one or two hits left? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah, it's it's what I like about those games so much. And it's what makes the bosses so satisfying. That's what I didn't get with um, a lot of the Ori bosses, which was why I was a complaint other than Sir Toads a lot. Sir Toads a lot definitely had me hype. But as I said, that's far and beyond my favorite boss. I know I was talking to someone and they were like, that is the fucking worst boss in the game. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, to each their own. Fuck if I care. But yeah, I, I, I thought the Toad boss was really well designed. So speaking of heart racing gameplay, <laughs> I've been playing Dark Souls. Hey! Surprise to no one. Um, I have no recollection of what I've talked about last week and because if i have free time and i'm playing a video game at this point it's pretty much a souls born game for sure um so did i start new game plus does that sound familiar maxwell i believe so yes did i beat new game plus i don't believe so either that or you were like very close to starting new game plus okay well, so I'm most of the way through New Game Plus. I I would say I I have like one major boss left before I beat New Game Plus, and 
I really wanted to go to New Game Plus just so I could fight the DLC, which fighting the DLC bosses on New Game Plus instead of New Game, I was like, I am going to suffer for the rest of my life for choosing this. Um, and they were frustrating. I, I will definitely give it that. It was frustrating, but they were fucking doable. I will like it was I was not I was not RQN for sure. Like it was my heart was had that good little pump at the end, but um they were they were pretty exciting bosses. I definitely am excited to go back through the other Soulsborne games and do the DLC because really reliably in these games, the DLC bosses are like what people are freaking out about. There's some exceptions. There's some regular like uh new game or like base game bosses, like Soul of Cinder is really well reviewed. Nameless King. Dark Souls 3 just has actually just a really solid base game from what I'm learning from watching other people's reviews. <laughs> um but yeah, so then I had this great idea. So I've been thinking about trying to do a no-hit run. And I was like, well, you know what? We'll do a little warm-up. We'll do a soul level one run where I don't upgrade my character at all. Um, so all I can upgrade is my equipment, and I can only equip really crappy weapons because I can only equip like literally like the first two minutes in the oh. game that you can equip weapons, right? Like I don't get weapons with crazy base stats. Um so you know, I streamed for like seven hours of this attempt on saturday and i was just i was fucking cruising through the game i was i, I was in forts of five foot on cruise control no hydroplaning in sight um and then i got to ons who i did not struggle with i killed the first time a new game because i was using that stupid halberd that literally is like blindfold mode would still win yeah um and then a new game plus i died a couple times i swear i've died probably at least 30 to 40 times to them so far i have been smashing my head against the wall and pain and misery fighting these motherfuckers um it is from what i've heard ons and the four kings which are the only two i'm pretty sure gang bosses in the game those are the hardest fights so i'm like if i beat these guys could beat the rest of the game it's gonna be fine <laughs> um but holy fucking cow like it has brought me to a long-winded bad bad of me, but I've been ranting like nonstop to friends I've been talking to recently, where it's like the difficulty of Dark Souls is super bullshit and it's super inflated and it's total garbage sack because the community, especially outside view of the community, especially, is that Dark Soul or Soulsborne players have this Chad elitist mentality like <laughs> I play hard games and I'm fucking cool because I play hard games and that's super bullshit like the first time I fought ONS they were f literally a fucking laughing stock because my weapon did like 500 damage I was I think actually a pretty reasonable soul level from what I've heard um, like it's not like I was like I didn't end the game OP and Souls level from what I've heard. Like, I was maybe slightly ahead of the curve, but not enough to make it a joke. Um, but the game just rewards you so much for essentially knowing the, like, built-in systems of the game, such as how do you level your character, how do you upgrade your weapons, what type of damage types you want to choose from your weapons and shit like that. So it it really, like, um, what do you want to call it? Like, obfuscates the difficulty or something like that? It, it confounds it? There we go. Confound. I'll take confound. Um, <laughs> the difficulty of the game where it's just like playing ONS on SL1, even that I went back and spent like an hour to get a fire weapon because I'll do 50% more damage. So I have to do way less hits, you know? So it's like, even in SL1, I'm finding that knowing in game systems and having the right equipment 
is still super important. I mean, right equipment's probably even more important in SL1, where you can't upgrade your character at all. Um, but yeah, so that's been kind of a rant about the Souls game. I obviously still like them a lot, and I think that they're really fun to play. But that whole attitude, especially, like I said, external perception of the game, um, and definitely there are people in the community that are the cause of why it is a perception. But For it, sure. the difficulty yeah. is super bullshit. Like... Um, if you really wanted to beat the game, you could spend 20 hours just farming out some early game shit and then get above the curve in levels, um, you know, and probably have enough souls to pimp out your weapon and then just steamroll the game. Like, so I, I'm enjoying playing SO1 a lot, even though it's super frustrating because I feel like now it's like, I don't, I'm not like, oh, is my weapon too OP or, you know, mm, oh, is that, yeah. am I too far ahead of the curve? Like, I feel like SL1, you're literally removing like one half of your upgrade process. So the difficulty is a lot more standardized between playthroughs. Um, and I'm enjoying that a lot because it is a big frustration that I don't like the perception that Soulsborne games garner from it. But yeah, so uh, I'm probably got another 20 attempts at Ornstein and Smell, <laughs> if I'm being really honest, because I suck ass. <laughs> um but yeah that's that's pretty much what i've been doing i played a little bit of dark souls 2 by a little bit probably like 10 hours um <laughs> like Just i said smidge, yeah all i do is work and play games i don't do anything else i'm a simple man um i decided i was going to do a sorcery run on dark souls 2 and i can confirm sorcery in dark souls sucks sucks but i don't <laughs> like it um yeah it's just it's a really boring play style that's like all i do is just run away from an enemy and then go pew pew chew <laughs> and then run away again um and it's like the systems in demon souls and dark souls 3 you have like fp or mana whatever you want to call it right every game calls it something random but like you actually have like a pool that you're pulling from where normally you can use items to refill um and one and two and i believe bloodborne if it has magic i don't know for sure you just have a spell has a set amount of cast every time you set it to sit at the place that like refills your health it refills your cast so if i get to a certain point in the level where i'm like if i'm killing everything it's super easy for you just to run out of spells and then you have to go back and then essentially figure out what enemies you could skip or what enemies am i going to run by and it's just like it i don't mind skipping enemies don't get me wrong but like it's frustrating when I'm playing fine. I still have a bunch of health left over, and then I have to go back just because I ran out of spells. Like it, it, it yeah. It's a very tedious gaming process. So I'm gonna try to finish my run with it. But yeah, it's definitely been melee is the way to go. My soul level one, I'm doing no pyromancy because pyromancy would also I would have definitely already beat an O and S, seeing how much damage. <laughs> if I was doing pyromancy, I would be doing like 500 damage per hit. And I'm doing barely 100 right now. So <laughs> I definitely could have killed ONS if I was doing five times the damage. But again, back to my point about, yeah, the difficulty of the game is just all over the place. So if you can't beat it, don't feel bad. Probably just don't know something is the real honest answer. And the people that tell you that they're fucking good and you're trash, kick them in the nuts. That's yeah. my soapbox. <laughs> hey, I, I agree. So, I mean, with Hollow Knight, I have been using a lot of game guides um to get through it and it has made my experience infinitely more pleasurable because you still have to execute the things to do it um 
it can only help you so much, but it gets it to a point that you're not just like wasting countless hours without some upgrades you could have or some other thing or fighting a boss way too early or doing something else. Like it's just, it's exciting. Like I would have missed out on the whole cloth storyline had I not looked up with the Trader Lord that, oh, cloth can help you. Like, oh, well, that's super cool. Like I would have completely missed that. And yeah. the likelihood of me going back and playing Hollow Knight through again is pretty low. So I'm I'm also getting more out of it because I'm looking up like game guides and stuff. And that's just for me. I consider myself to be a casual gamer and games at the end of the day should be about having fun. If you like that, if you like games yeah. shitting on you, that's cool. That's how you get fun. But some people don't. <laughs> that's OK. Some people too. aren't crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's I I was going to do all of my first playthrough on Dark Souls one without looking anything up and then as I mentioned, there was a couple of systems that like I got cursed, didn't know how to undo the curse. And I was like, well, I'm not going to play the rest of the game with half HP because I'm not a monkey. So, <laughs> um, so I definitely look stuff up, but I, yeah, for me, it's like, I find that looking up in game systems, I would much rather just look up like, um, oh, if I, I know I can upgrade my weapon, right. I'd much rather just look up how to upgrade my weapon than try to run around and talk to every random motherfucker and waste a bunch of time trying to find, oh, which blacksmith can give me fire damage or which one can give me lightning damage. Like, actual strats, um, I normally try to avoid, just personal preference. But, yeah, some some in-game systems, it's just like, if you were actually going to do Dark Souls without looking anything up and you were really going to try to min-max, I mean, you'd have to make, like, five fucking characters at least, right? Like, you'd have to make for sure at least three like a strength build a dex build and a magic build to see how all of them compare run a decent way through the story with it to see how their damage is comparing which one's going to be easier um you know so i I think it's a little little bouge to expect people i mean i'm sure some people really enjoy spending hundreds of hours trying to figure this stuff out but like the end of the day i am there to just enjoy the challenge not the like oh you didn't give me a guide I mean that's cool. I understand why they don't, but yeah, I'm not trying to fucking write how to play the game. I'm trying to play the game just like in a normal playthrough, you know. And I think about that, that too, and that's I think it is 100% dependent on the person. Like there are so many other games I want to play that for me, spending the time to like fully immerse myself in the lore and read every piece of thing and try and figure things out isn't something that's compatible with the way that I want to play and the pace that I want to play at. But I do also like that that is there if people want it and for me if i want to just know the answer and look up a game guide i can do that too um it's like the the more ways that people can access a game and play it i think is better better for everyone like yeah yeah it doesn't if i'm a dark souls player who's elite about like playing hard games it doesn't affect my life if someone else has an easier route or road than me i you should still have the satisfaction. You did it the hard way. Good for you, bro. But like, <laughs> don't shit on people because they want to enjoy their life. Like, yeah, for good. sure. So, yeah, all I'm saying is, fuck the Dark Souls community. Yeah, yeah, not actually, but there's yeah. definitely there's definitely some stigma that is actually cancer, and I will 100 percent not defend the cancer as a person <laughs> who I'm the only one of my friends that plays the game. So. Maybe that's why. Maybe I've just been, maybe I was a defender before and all my friends were like, Dark Souls sucks. Bam. Bloodborne's the worst game ever. Bam. You play Sekiro Shadows Dice twice. Bam. You suck. 
which speaking of game i really want to play i was watching um someone on twitch play sekiro and not only does it look insane but from what i've heard out of all of the FromSoft titles it has like hands down and like by a large margin the best combat system in the game like people i've heard people say oh like dark souls you can kind of figure out ways to cheek through stuff but sekiro it's like you either get good at the mechanics of like the base mechanics of the game or you suffer profusely the whole time and that to me like that's what i think from soft people act like from soft is trying to do and i yeah. think that that is a misconception between dark souls which is technically an rpg game right where you make your own character you can do whatever you want and sekiro which it sounds like it's just like literally the under it shouldn't be shadows dies twice it should be g-i-t-g-u-d from from what people are saying you know like it's, i was like testing my spell in there i was like what that's my name <laughs> so okay soundtracks since we digressed exactly for Not 47 really, but... minutes oh god <laughs> <laughs> we talk quick that's all right the, the soundtracks I'll I'll go first this week. I don't know whose turn it is to go. Who who cares? <laughs> but I'm gonna go. It's you Mine's for gonna sure. Be quick. Okay, it's me. Oh yeah, it is me. Okay, my my head to head this week on video game soundtracks: Super Mario Galaxy, Waha! and Kirby's Adventure. Kirby. I don't know what sound Kirby makes, but um, Kirby's Adventure. For the NES, aka the console behind my head, there um, came out in 1993, aka the year I was born. Also, literally the first video game I think I ever played. So heavy nostalgia um, factor. We never suffer from that at the Mo Video Games. Never. Podcast. Super Mario Galaxy came out uh, 2008, I think. I probably could have looked it up. It's sometime around there. Um, 2007. Ah, fuck. <laughs> it was close. It was November. It was November. I mean, yeah, you, were just, yeah. you, were, you were rounding It's like up. car model years, you know? Like, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> Give me a pass there. Um, Dead Space was 2008, so. That's, that's, why, that's honestly what you're thinking of. of. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. The same game, honestly, at the end of the day. <laughs> really the same. But Super Mario Galaxy, I have played much more recently, have not beaten, um, but is definitely the, the most recent Nintendo game I've played, for sure. Uh, so kind of the, the the bookend Nintendo games for me. Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, if we're talking about the soundtrack, Koji Kondo up into Lord his and house. Savior. Also, Mahito Yokota and Koji Hashima. Um, so I apologize for horribly mispronouncing those. Um, but that's orchestra director and then music composers in there. But we all know the name Koji Kondo. Uh, if I had to pick a favorite song, which I do, and I will. Um, it's Gusty Garden Galaxy, and uh, it be slapping. Just go look it up. It's I I made the the grave error of listening to that song right before the podcast, and so that may play a part in what I choose. <laughs> if you haven't listened to Gusty Garden and you're gonna listen to a Mario song, I would say I don't think. You're going to get much better than that. I like Bomb Bomb Battlefield a lot, but I did. Bomb Bomb Battlefield still slaps. Fuck them. Who cares? It slaps. It slaps super hard. <laughs> um, Kirby's Adventure, composed by 
Hirokazu Ando and Jun Ishikawa. So again, I apologize my pronunciation. Don't know if it's correct. Uh, but supposedly in an interview, Ishikawa said that Hirokazu Ando basically composed the whole thing. So they're both credited, but th- those are the people involved. Like I said, 1993, what a great year. So many exciting things happened. Um, but the game is definitely in that like 8, 16-bit like audio. That's super cool. The, the soundtrack do be slapping as well. Like the Kirby soundtrack is pretty cool. And obviously the nostalgia just like overwhelms me because I just remember like days of waking up early on the weekend and having that like big Nintendo. Actually, well, I might be able to pull it out real quick. I feel like you don't leave a sentence on that big and then just walk away. <laughs> Gross. Here we go. So if you listen to the podcast, hop over to YouTube if you want to see this. But this is... Or just Google. Or just Google. Yeah, it is the NES Advantage gamepad. Um, I remember waking up early mornings when I was a kid. Uh, my parents had bought an NES uh, sometime around the time I was born um, for them to play. There were some games like Batman and, and that kind of stuff that they would play. But, but playing on this thing... Uh, Early in the morning with Kirby, I think I even like it's it's a short enough game that in a day, if you de- devote a day to, I think you could beat. Um, but playing through it, beating the game, oh my gosh, so much fun! Soundtracks amazing. The game is a lot of fun. If you're only familiar with Kirby from like Super Smash Bros, highly recommend you check out Kirby's Adventure. Like, do emulation, whatever you want to do, get your hands on an NES and somehow play it on a TV. Good luck <laughs> with how modern TVs are. Um, either, it might even be like on Nintendo Switch Online or something weird like that. But it's a lot of fun. Kirby is really cool, and they're actually coming out with a new 3D version of Kirby. Sheesh. Um, sheesh. But soundtrack do be slapping. There was some like boss battle was like my favorite soundtrack from it. I don't, when I was listening to the soundtrack, it only listed it as boss battle. It did not list what the boss was. So I cannot give you more specifics than that. Um, but it is a cool sound. The soundtrack is very intense, though. Like, I don't think you can listen to it front to back because it is definitely like an 8 to 16 bit, like just very intense. So I, I was listening to it. My wife and I were cooking dinner and I was just playing it through the speakers and it got to the point. My wife said it first, but I was thinking it, too. She's like, can we listen to something else? Because uh, it's very just like blah, 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 blah. a lot of it is like very, very the same. But it is good. I like it. Do you want to say that? But all of that said, the Super Mario Galaxy is the easy clap winner. Like, not even, it's Sheesh. not even in the same galaxy. Oh, <laughs> oh got him. Uh, but it is, I a- mean, <laughs> it is truly, it is a work of art from just a musical standpoint. Like, the composition is just incredible. Um, it's fucking insane. Yeah. Just, just stupid. It's actually crazy. Yeah. And and it sounds so good, and it's just it's hype. It all of the different songs just mirror the the different galaxies, or not mirror, but like they represent the galaxies you're in very well and create different environments. They're a huge part of the environment. Everyone knows Mario, and that the music is so integral to it. Um, and it really is Koji Kondo, a genius, absolutely smacks Kirby's Adventure. Kirby's Adventure is great. Want to keep that clear, but yeah, Super Mario Galaxy. 
is my winner this week. There is a guy, since we're talking about Super or uh, Super Mario Galaxy, there's a guy on YouTube who does acapella renditions of the songs. He has long hair and adorable cat. And <laughs> so if you're if you're like, oh, this song's a banger, go listen to his because those those are also b- b- bangers. I mean, it helps that the song is just the composition is already really good. So almost yeah. anything you do, if you do it well, it's going to sound great. Um, but yeah, for my games, keep the tempo rolling here <laughs> at the mobile video game podcast. That's what we do. Exactly. Uh, I am doing Fallout Three and Jet Set Radio Future. Fallout Three. Um, if I can pull up my delicious notes here. <laughs> uh, Juicy. Being composed by Enon Zur, which also, yeah, I'm not going to keep couching it. You get the point. We suck at pronouncing <laughs> names. And then Jet Set Radio Future, composed by Hideki Naganuma. Um, for the Xbox, I don't think a lot of people, at least in my circle or our circle, have played Jet Set Radio Future. I really I enjoyed never it. I never heard of it. Yeah, the whole premise of the game is like, well, what you're doing the whole game is you're running around splashing some graffiti on walls and you're rollerblading everywhere and it's a wild game in the first place i i I can't think of anything that comes close to it if i'm being really honest but it has been a while since i played so maybe now that i'm a little more mature if i go Mm -hmm. back i'll be like this is clearly a copy of super mario galaxy (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i picked both of these in conjunction because even though well, so the big allure or the big part of the soundtrack in Fallout 3 is um, the radio station, which I am a center for blanking on and probably should have just stopped talking. <laughs> Galaxy News Radio. Holy cow, I am so dumb. And then Jet Set Radio Future, even though it is like actually compo- all the songs are composed by someone, um, it's very much like a you're listening to a radio. It's I think the mm. whole point of Jet Set Radio Future is like, you, I think they're trying to emulate what they think that that person would be listening to in the environment while they're tagging stuff up, if that makes sense, which okay. is kind of cool. Yeah. So I, I picked both of them because they're not like, I would say like traditional soundtracks, in my opinion. I only picked Fallout 3, continued justification train, because I thought that the actual soundtrack of the game was better than Fallout New Vegas soundtrack, even though I think the radio on Fallout New Vegas, at least for me now, I prefer more. When I was playing Fallout 3, I think I would have chosen Fallout 3 soundtrack, but I actually do think I prefer the radio from New Vegas. It's a little more it's a little more country. I feel like the whole vibe of the game is a little more country, a little more Wild West bandito action going on. <laughs> Gonna get destroyed by you-know-who for saying these words. My mother. <laughs> so, yeah, the... The actual base soundtrack of Fallout 3, I'm not going to say much about other than it's just just like both both soundtracks are just honestly like they're not exciting to listen to. They fit the game. It's just filling up the spaces in between the game where like you're in a loading screen or you're walking between things or if for some reason you turn the radio off because you're stupid because why wouldn't you listen to club bangers the whole time you're playing? Um, it's just it's very like generally slow paced, especially in New Vegas, but very slow paced. Um, much more like ambient just to try to set the tone of what's going on at any given time kind of like the clips when there's like a clip that's played when you die or something like that that's just what it feels like you know like when you're listening to a soundtrack and you get to some random 30 second blurb because it's like the <laughs> you died clip that that's that's what bass soundtrack feels like not that it it's it's fine it's just not crazy to me 
You're doing so, a great job of selling it. I just want to say. I'm just trying to set reasonable expectations here. <laughs> well, I, like I said, the whole point is Galaxy News Radio, which is a bunch of oldies, which it is amazing to just watch people's heads literally explode while you're fighting them and listening to all of these oldies released way, way, way in the past. I think for songs, I'd probably have to pick I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire by the Ink Spots or Civilization by Danny Kane. I'd probably have to give it to Civilization because that song, for some reason, randomly pops in my head and then I have to sing it to myself and it gives me a sad face when I do because once it's in your head, it will not leave. And then for Jet Set Radio Future, I gotta do Fly Like a Butterfly. Um, though, fly like, this, like a butterfly. Exactly. Um, like it like this, like that is also really good. Going back through Jet Set Radio Future, I actually think all the songs are really good. I'm surprised with like, I do not recall this. I recall liking the soundtrack, but I don't recall it being that consistent. Enough rambling. Just going to get straight to the meat. I was stressing originally, but I'm giving it to Jet Set Radio Future. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I apologize to Fallout. No, you feel good about this decision. It was easy clap. When I played Fallout 3, I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. My mind was blown. But I just think, yeah, I can't think of any soundtracks that are similar, especially in games that I've played. I can't think of a single one that I would call similar to Jet Set Radio um, Future Soundtrack and how it feels. And like I said, I kind of like that idea that like, I feel like that's probably what these people are listening to. I feel like that's what um, Mm, Hideki was thinking when he was going through where it's like, Dude, I mean, I understand literally in the world that is what people are listening to in Fallout 3, but they could have picked any fucking genre they want. Like, I don't see why this guy's playing oldies. I mean, Three Dog seems like he would like oldies, but like, I just, I don't think it's like, it doesn't feel as integrated. It's more so they like created a character that put it in the environment rather than like an actual result of it. So I, yeah, I think for that reason alone, honestly, I'd have to give it. And they're both they're both great soundtracks. I like them a lot. But yeah, I'm going for Jets at Radio Future. Our permanent couch for this entire thing is that we love all of these 16 soundtracks that are on our top 16. So anytime we eliminate doesn't mean the other soundtrack is bad. If you want a song from Fallout New Vegas, by the way, Big Iron goes absolutely ape shit in the paint. That song is the song go hard. So but yeah, I got to play Jets at Radio Future again. That's all I'm hearing. Was that? And you heard it through that, your noise canceling headphones. <laughs> tech news. I'll start by shitting on Microsoft since that's pretty much all I have. I can talk about my terrible Linux adventures next week since we're going to be two hour podcast at this rate. <laughs> <sighs> so I didn't realize that Max was having the same issue. But as I said, I'm fighting ONS right now. And my controller has been disconnecting every once in a while. Well, my controller has been fucking disconnecting. I am in ONS. I cast the dodge button. I stop moving and I die because <laughs> the ring I'm using right now, I have to be sub 20% HP. And since I have literally zero armor because I'm so level one, I can't wear it. Yeah, I get one shot every single time. So literally, if the controller stops responding, even for a second, I die in that fight. And it, I was so pissed. I have not been to the point where I'm like, I want to break the controller that's in my hands. But the problem is, is it's like, by far and large, the nicest controller I've literally ever had in my life. So I'm like, just sit down, walk away, man. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's been a while since I've I've actually raged that hard. So, googling answers. They're like, oh, you just need to update your controller's firmware. Download the Xbox Accessories app. So, download the Xbox Accessories app. You need to update Windows. Go to Windows Updater. It's like, Windows is up to date. And I'm like, okay, Xbox Accessories, <laughs> what the fuck do you want? I go back to the Updater app, and I see in small-ass text below where it says Windows is up to date, they're like, they have... They didn't call it an experimental patch, but you could pull this. You could pull this patch early if you wanted to. Pull the patch, install it. I'm gonna ignore the Windows update bitch rant that everyone's expecting right now because everyone's already heard it. Finally, update it. Get into Xbox accessories. Recognizes my controller. Press update. Update fails. Unplug. Replug. Press update. Update fails. Unplug. Replug. Press update. Starts updating. But the controller is in my hand. <laughs> and I know if I set the fucking controller down, that shit's going to disconnect. I've already bitched all of this to Maxwell, so I apologize for you having listened to it. But it's for the right. viewer, I love it. You can feel my pain. You can feel my pain. So I'm like, I am not going to hold it for this entire thing. My hands will literally get so sweaty out of fear of stopping this because I'm worried that like my hand's going to move and it's going to disconnect it at that point, right? It needs to be on a stable surface. So I set it down and it disconnects. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then I refuse to pick it up. Have to unplug it and replug it like three times. And then it finally updates. So I haven't tested it since. But like I'm not confident that it's gonna work just because I updated the firmware. If I'm being really honest, I am dumbfounded that like a Microsoft product is worse compatibility with a Microsoft product than some like random controller that you can pick up for 20 bucks from Target. That's so frustrating to me. So um yeah, it's just yeah. It's 2021. The controller hasn't changed. Two analog sticks, four buttons, a D-pad, and some triggers on the side. Like, holy cow, this is not crazy technology. It's not like I was expecting the PlayStation 4 controller to be harder for compatibility with the touchpad. And even that works fucking seamlessly. And you can still use the touchpad in games and stuff like that. Like, I have no idea what they're doing with their drivers for these controllers, but it is. Oh, my goodness. And the really sad thing is, is Microsoft barely changed their fucking controller with the new series version so the the one that oliver is using that i also have is the new series version of the xbox controller it looks almost identical to the xbox one controller but it has usb type c instead of micro usb i think maybe slightly improved rumble probably slightly different internals and it has a share button um but largely is like i'll actually i i'll show you the difference and the the nulling, I don't know if they add the nulling on the re- regular one, but they they've slightly added some little bumps on different controllers from time to time, which um, I like personally. So this is the Xbox One controller. Um, it does not have a share button in the middle here, and there there is on Oliver's screen is the the Xbox Series controller. Mo so video it has game the share edition. button. You can see his has the circle for the D pad. This does not. And then it's hard to tell. I'll try and change it. But there's like a little indent cutout around the button where it is flat on the series controller. And here they are right next to each other. Bing, bang, boom. So they barely did any updates, but somehow broke shit because I have also been having disconnecting issues. Um, I did pre-order the Forza Horizon 5 uh, special controller, which I have to say in person looks so much better than it did in pictures um and it has the little steering wheel uh special rubber grip that on the back so cool. 
yeah, it's it feels really good too. I'm I'm a huge fan of this controller. Been using it and like mid race, I was like driving, controller disconnects for a second, and so I just fucking slam into a wall um while I'm driving. So I've I've been kind of the same thing. Luckily with Forza, you can rewind. <laughs> so it's not like Dark Souls. There's no rewind in Dark Souls. Um But still almost any game that you're playing, like a, a disconnect Forza is probably one of the few games i could think of because it has the rewind button which isn't a consequence of them expecting controller dc right but like <laughs> there's not many games that you're gonna play that aren't gonna suffer like i was gonna play rocket league because the controller was disconnecting and then i was like wait i play rocket league on controller and that game would be even more frustrating most likely for it to dc in the middle of like a five minute competition so yeah yeah it's i i am disappointed but also not surprised Microsoft. I know, and they've been having some big issues with the whole like Intel 12th generation rollout, and there's been lots of issues with that, and that the Windows 10 updates are delayed. They're actually updating Windows 11 to fix the 12th gen Intel issues first, and then doing Windows 10 as a way to strong arm you into updating to Windows 11, which is also broken. Um, So Microsoft, uh, Sony had its time of getting shit on. It's Microsoft's turn, and they are they're turning up the dial they're like you know what sony we want it we want to get fucked over too i do have one counter argument for microsoft hit me with it x xbox fridge that's all i gotta say ah, there we go yeah we'll see when i get the xbox fridge maybe i'll be like oh my god microsoft grace company <laughs> firmware doesn't work doesn't cool my drinks <laughs> doesn't cool my drinks usbs don't work um yeah so speaking of pre-ordering Shitty games on launch being unacceptable. Rockstar recently uh, released the GTA Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, um, which is Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas remastered uh, for like modern consoles and all that kind of stuff. Found out today, uh, watching Digital Foundry, that... uh, it is they actually took the port for the mobile version of the game and converted it to unreal engine and that is the presentation you get um and it was developed by the people who did the mobile port not by like the main rockstar devs and that is apparent because you just watch the digital foundry it's it's a 40 minute video but you you get a good amount of the issues like the first 5 to 10 minutes of it um on GTA 3 it's atrocious it is bad but not even that the rockstar on pc you have to launch these games through the rockstar launcher like steam is a launcher epic games is a launcher origin for ea is a launcher rockstar is a launcher and the launcher was down um so people who bought the game at launch could not play the game because the launcher was not functioning properly and when they released the game people who were able to download it on other platforms and stuff, they left the uncompiled code in the game files. So there was full access to uncompiled code with developer comments. Um, Open source GTA, baby. So, which I mean, is really cool. There's been a lot of cool insights about developer comments and stuff coming out. It's been really interesting. Um, Also, all of the unlicensed music. So music that was licensed when the game came out, but they couldn't renew the licenses. Um, so the game th- that music doesn't play in the game. 
but the yeah. game files are still there. There's basically just like a text file that basically says like, do not play like these files, but the game files are still there. So you can still get the music. Um, and I'm sure with very minor modding can get it to play all the music. Um, yeah, just terrible. And right now is sitting on Metacritic, the user score. You want to take a guess, Oliver, what the user score is on Metacritic? Two. 0.5. Ooh. 0.5. And so it brought up an interesting question, and we can probably deep dive into this on a different podcast, but what what would you consider to be review bombing? Like, what would you say the definition of review bombing is? 0.5. <laughs> but I mean, like, what 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 is the, like, oh, not, not the well, number, but like, what would you consider an action that is review bombing? Not that. If that's if I'm assuming that's where you're going with this, but this is if it's if it sucks on release, if it's a CD product project red project, you know that that that's not review bombing. That's just a shitty product on release. Um, Agreed. Like, that 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 is different from just like Last of Us Part Two, right? That's review bombing to me. If you just aren't happy based on the intrinsic design of the the game, right? That's one thing. But if you have three monkeys coding a game and they don't work and then you release it for however many dollars they did probably 60 right or something in that range and it sucks i mean that like bad reviews of forza right now i would say are valid from what you've said right like you released a game that doesn't work to i don't know how much they promised right but like there's there's a reasonable expectations for a forza horizon 5 especially given four more have been released before that excluding yeah. the other games in the forza series right so yeah that's not review bombing if people yeah. are saying that disagree you, you hit the nail on the head there uh, there are several media outlets i don't know specifically off the top of my head um but that are i've been saying oh yeah 0.5 is being review bombed but i think people throw that around when a game gets an incredibly negative especially if it's like a triple a release and gets negative they're like oh review bombing review bombing like oliver said for me is when people are intentionally giving a negative review because they disagree with something in the game, not because the game itself is bad. So his example was perfect of Last of Us Part Two. People didn't like what happened in the game. They didn't like a particular character in the game. So they go and they give it like a one star or zero stars, whatever the, the review is. This is not review bombing because the game is actually factually objectively bad and broken. <laughs> And so the game deserves a 0.5. That is not review bombing. That is a bad game. Um, yeah. So I wanted to make that distinction. I'm glad Oliver immediately was on the same page. Um, shockingly. Like, We've shockingly. never agreed before. So Never. <laughs> but yeah, it's an important distinction. So when you see that, just, just keep in mind, if you're, if you're like listening or like watching gaming media at all and you see review bombing, just think critically. That's true of all things in media. But like, think about what they actually mean when they say that. What It's like people aren't going... Because they they're like, oh, there's a a character in the game that says that Mercedes is a great car, and I hate Mercedes, so I'm giving it a zero. Yeah, like it's the game is broken, kind of like Forza Horizon Five. So just just sounds like if I want to try it, I'm just gonna wait a year. Same with Forza Horizon Five. Maybe not a year for Forza Horizon Five. A lot of their issues sound like they could probably fix them up pretty quickly for that. Yeah, and because it is such a big title for Xbox, it is like all hands on deck to like hot fix this issue. It was their largest release in xbox game studios history so there is a lot of incentive to fix this this rockstar release i don't know what rockstar is doing lately they've been fucking up left and right the the gta the trilogy the definitive edition is in a much worse state than forza horizon 5 forza horizon 5 you disconnect from online that should be able to be fixed with whatever back-end server stuff they need to do 
graphically, I think they just didn't pay much attention to PC. That can be fixed. The the GTA, it, it looks so bad. It, it looks really bad to a point of unplayability. Um, yeah. So wanted to talk about that. I already talked about the Forza Horizon 5 controller. I do have to say, I am glad I pre-ordered this. This controller is... I do freaking love this controller. Um, when you I'm first sent me the pics, I was so. like, it's so fucking ugly. But the pictures you sent me, I actually, I think it looked better yeah, than that's, um, what pictures were. I agreed. I was like 50-50 on it when I saw the advertising marketing pictures. But in person, I'm like, damn, this actually looks pretty cool. Um, yeah. So that's most of the techniques I have. I do have new lights. Um, there we go. They look the same to anyone watching, but uh, I had the Wise bulbs that we talked about, the W-Y-Z-E bulbs. They're very affordable, very nice to use, but I am getting married again. (laughs) Not actually again. Our actual reception is postponed, Um, but on my wedding registry, I had Philips Hue bulbs and received them from the registry so that's why i have new color bulbs and these are really cool because they can actually sync up to music the content you're watching the games you're playing so i can actually these lights are synced up to gameplay so when i'm playing like hollow knight and forts and all those kind of things what's happening in game is happening in the light so when it's dark outside like it is right now like it's it's very immersive and there's all different types of things so that's really cool just want to touch on that yeah phillips you expensive way more expensive than wise so it's something I probably would not have spent my own money on, but thank goodness I'm Wise getting married. But ridiculously affordable from when we talked. But yeah, I think it's still RGB, like forty dollars for like four bulbs that are RGB. Yeah, RGB controllable LED lights like that. That is, I think that's ridiculously inexpensive. I mean, it's definitely a splurge for ten dollar bulb. Well, for RGB LED, that should always be a splurge because it's super a feature you don't need. So, um, but yeah. To give you an idea, though, the the starter pack that comes with the the hub to control it and four color bulbs, like the forty dollar wise pack, the Philips Hue, two hundred dollars. Fuck. Also, damn. Yeah, so less than a quarter of that for for wise. You you lose some of the functionality, um, like being able to sync with music and that kind of stuff. But that's like, I. How often are you going to use it? For me, the games in here is really cool. Um, but for a lot of things, that's a lot of money to be spending. Um, so something about. But yeah, I wanted to talk about that. The last thing I wanted to talk about, mention, we shit on Sony a lot before. It's Xbox's turn. So I want to lift Sony up right now. Sony, when they do their state of play, which is like their, hey, here's our games coming out and things to get excited about and stuff. The way they edit and produce those videos is so fucking good it is so interesting to watch so perfectly done and their website is also amazing so i lately i guess i do need to talk about best buy real quick but i i've been trying to use my luck with getting very rare items to help other people get rare items and in doing so (laughs) i uh, was looking through the playstation website and their website for the playstation 5 is gorgeous it is so exciting to scroll down and the graphics and the art it's just it gets you hyped like and i i looked at the xbox like series x version 
it's very generic um so playstation absolutely kills it in their quality like like i said their brand image of like very high quality polished single player games production value is their brand image and they work very hard at that and i think they've been succeeding so i want to give them a lot of praise for that there is they care about quality and they have been delivering whether or not it causes game delays and pre-ordering issues and all that kind of stuff the games themselves and the quality of content they're producing top notch let's get to best buy real quick so i'm trying to order a ps5 to help out some people and i i've just been kind of like loosely like refreshing different ps5 pages on like target and playstation direct and best buy and stuff and so today best buy i saw it went from sold out to coming soon which means that they're going to have a restock and i'm going i'm going i'm going and finally i get the oh it changes from coming soon to like see more details so i click on that and it's an, a member exclusive event their membership is 200 dollars a year that's more expensive than xbox game pass ultimate and what do you get you get like fucking geek squad um okay and you get uh, apparently access to be able to buy new consoles. So sure, that's exciting. Um, and but that I mean that's effectively it. You get maybe some exclusive discounts and stuff. But two hundred dollars a year? What? Who shops sounds, at Best Buy that frequently? Like it sounds like their way to get money from the whole scalping shit without scalping. Which is I'm assuming where your change of heart was when you sent me the follow up. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. So I initially was like okay well like i guess it's a good way to prevent scalping because i'm like okay well if you have to pay 200 dollars a year there's not a lot of people that are going to be doing that and in the hopes of like their bots and whatever and that kind of stuff but then i was like wait a second actually with the premium that's put on ps5s right now you could make back that 200 dollars when you're reselling a ps5 so now you're just preventing people who aren't willing to pay the $200 from being able to purchase the item. Yeah. Um, you're basically forcing the price that it's going for right now. And then, so I was like, okay, Best Buy, fuck you. Like, so now normal people can't buy it. Like, that's such a shitty way to get around the scalping. So we've talked about the Steam Deck doing a really good job where basically you had to have a prior existing Steam account with purchases um, in order to even be considered for the pre-order of the Steam Deck. And companies like EVGA are basically creating a huge waiting line where you basically put your name in. And as soon as it's available, if you're next in line, you'll get it. You just might have to wait six months. But at least you know you're going to get it so you're not going to go out and buy the scalper prices. Those are smart, creative ways to get around scalping. This is Best Buy just cashing in. And that's where I kind of settled in the middle of like, you know, that's just a really fucking smart business decision by Best Buy. Because it does help prevent scalping. Because the big issue of scalping is people being able to create a bunch of different emails and addresses and buy up a bunch of stock. By tying it to a membership that is tied to a single email, you cannot just easily have the capital to have a bunch of different memberships. So it does reduce the quantity that any scalper could potentially purchase. But what it does do is a an economic principle, which is like two-tier like membership. Costco does this. They have incredibly, incredibly low prices at Costco, but you have to pay the membership 
in order to get there. And that's how they capture that part of the consumer surplus. I know this isn't meant to be like an MBA learning session for people, but I've talked about this principle before. Um, and so the consumer surplus basically being the val- the additional value the consumer thinks they're getting and how do you capture that? Um, and so like a, a, a tiered membership is one way to do it like Costco does. That's essentially what Best Buy has done is they have determined the going rate on eBay right now for a new PS5 is seven to eight hundred dollars when it's normally MSRP at five hundred dollars. And they so they're like, hey, if we create we we let people think they're gonna get the console at five hundred dollars, which they will, but in order to get it, it's behind a two hundred dollar membership. They have now captured that consumer surplus in a way that makes the consumer think they're getting value, which I mean they technically are. But it is not worth $200 a year what they're giving. What they're really giving is trying to capture that additional money without making it seem like you're paying $700 for a console. Um, yeah. So it is fucking genius by Best Buy. Like, it's a brilliant way to make people think, yeah, I beat the scalpers. I got it for MSRP, but I bought a fucking useless S membership. And Best Buy is just sitting there reaping the fucking profits um, like they do. So... It'd be the way, I, we've talked about this before, if there's a way for companies to make money, they're going to. That is their directive, to make money. And if a consumer is willing to pay that money, a company is going to make sure the consumer pays that money. Um, for sure. So that's kind of where I settled, where like I, it prevents one part of the scalping issue, which is like people buying up like 100 consoles and reselling them. But it does, it is it's like Best Buy really is doing it to make the money that they think is out there in the market. Like Micro Center is just blatantly having graphics card at like $500, $2,000 over MSRP. So you can walk into a Micro Center, there's graphics cards in stock, you're just not going to want to pay those prices. Best yeah. Buy is being a little bit more savvy about it. And they're like, okay, you know what? You're going to pay $700, but you're not going to think you're paying $700. So that's what I said about that. Hold on, my cat is scratching at the door. Well, I'm assuming Maxwell doesn't have much left anyways, so. I, I don't. That, that was pretty much what, what I had to say about Best Buy. <laughs> nice short Talk little uh, hour and a half podcast. Yeah. The, the way we do. As always. And so, Mocha here to say goodbye. Um, yeah, if you're chilling, then I'm chilling. And if you're not, then I'm not. Find us on YouTube at Mo Video Games. And on Spotify at Mo Video Games, <laughs> on most major podcast vendors at Mo Video Games, uh, Instagram, Instagram at, at Mo, Mo Video, Video Games. Games. Uh, let me think. There's some handles I'm struggling to remember right now. I think it's Mo Video Games. So yeah, it's Mo Video Games. So let us know if you agree with us on all the things we talked about today, especially the soundtracks. But does Microsoft suck? The answer is yes. Is Best Buy a genius, but kind of frustratingly so? Yes. Um, do you want more NBA lessons from Maxwell? No, I know nobody does, but that's what we're here for. I'm going to keep them coming. (laughs) It's what I do be, but yeah. Thanks for listening to us. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. A lot. It's a late night special. That's what you get. You should know it by now. If you're familiar with the mobile games podcast, if not, you know, we drink a little bit, have a little bit of fun, talk about some random shit. Hopefully you had a good time. Thank you all for listening. Catch you in the next one. Josie. Josie.